From the studios of Tucson Business Radio X, recorded in the Stewart Title Corporate Offices on Broadway, you are now listening to The Mark Bishop Show. And now here's your host, Mark Bishop. Welcome, and for the first time in three decades, Peter, P-E-T-A, didn't unveil a celebrity's I'd rather go naked than wear fur ad at Fashion Week. With top designers shedding fur, California banning fur sales, and Macy's closing its fur salons, the animal rights group is celebrating the demise of the fur trade by ending its iconic campaign. I was lucky enough to get this interview with the man who conceived of the ad back in the 90s and to discuss how the world of fashion is undergoing a vegan revolution and how Peter has become a sustainability resource. I'm referring to Dan Matthews. He is the Senior Vice President People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, P-E-T-A. Welcome, Dan. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, your former adversary, uh, adversaries, <clears throat> design houses that uh, flaunted fur for decades, now uh, they seek the organization's help, I believe, with sourcing vegan alternatives to fur, leather, down and wool, as modern consumers prefer sustainable and animal-friendly fashions. That must make you feel pretty proud, Dan. It's been a very, very good time, and it's, it's been a long time coming. As you mentioned, we've been campaigning against the fur industry for more than 30 years, uh, specifically with the uh, Rather Go Naked Than Wear Fur campaign. But as we have gotten one by one the design houses to uh, shed their fur collections, we've developed relationships with them to show them how there are these new green startups that are making co- uh, leather from cork, uh, wool from recycled plastic bottles, uh, silk from soy yarn, uh, and all of these other materials that don't have the harsh uh, tanning tox- uh, toxicity, uh, toxic chemicals involved, uh, and they're much better for the environment. Yeah. Uh, some of these new companies are, are brand new, and others are, are, are gaining some, some momentum. Uh, we work to put them together with design houses, whether it's Armani or, or H&M. Uh, and so where our role was once as agitators disrupting fashion shows and protesting fur, we're now more uh, industry insiders working to working from within to get these companies to. Right. And, uh, you know, when you go back to rather go naked than wear fur campaign and the decision to end it, I mean, it's been going a long time, way back into, what, the 70s? It's, it's not real. Uh, do you remember the, uh, you know, don't dumb paint on me? Um, uh, it's not, it's not right. real. Right. <laughs> you know, every, right, everyone right, when you exactly. spoke to, yeah, I mean, I bet it's, uh, it's come a long way from then. So leather, wool, other animal materials, they're not the go, are they, Dan? No, no. And I think, you know, it took people a while, a few generations for people to realize that behind every fur coat were animals that were trapped, uh, drowned in underwater traps, electrocuted, or even uh, skinned alive in, in various fur farms or, or trap lines around the world. And now that that's out of the way, Peter's job really is to show the cruelty that is hidden in the leather trade and the wool trade. Uh, Leather, for instance, I myself worked on uh, one of our early cases in which we were called by a slaughterhouse worker outside of Philadelphia Mm. who called to report that he worked in the skinning room. And his job was to chop the hooves and lips off cows so that the skin could be peeled back for leather. The problem was the cows were supposed to be stunned when they reached him on the conveyor belt, but they weren't because the stun guns were often faulty or workers weren't trained properly. So he found himself chopping off a cow's 
one hoof only for the other hoof to come around and kick him in the head. Uh. And he complained about this to the plant manager and to the USDA inspector, and they told him to get back to work that there was a quota to fill. So he ended up calling PETA and bringing us in undercover to film this, and we turned over the info to the State Department of Agriculture, and that place got a little slap on the wrist, but it showed us that this is more uh, uh, rampant than we had any idea. So we've done other investigations in other slaughterhouses around the world and found that there are they, these places cut costs to save um, money, and the animals suffer as a result. They don't take worker safety or animal uh, cruelty seriously whatsoever. Mm. In the wool trade, you know, people think that these sheep just need to get a haircut. They get shorn. But on a quota system, you've got these rough workers who are prodding the sheep uh, down uh, the, the ramps to get shorn. Mm-hmm. They struggle. The sheep get punched in the eyeball. They have their legs broken. They're slammed against the wall by their heads. They get shorn in such rough ways that they're left with bloody gashes. Uh, they never get that treatment. Uh, and so it's so bad that in Scotland and in England and in Australia, there have been uh, shearing sheds charged with animal cruelty by state officials. Uh, it's that commonplace. So uh, now we're developing campaigns to educate the consumers about this, while also at the same time promoting the products, the, the, the fabrics that literally don't bleed, the vegan fabrics that come from much greener uh, sources. Well, let's look at that. Um, in fact, what you were just talking about, too, you brought to mind. I remember seeing a... Um I don't know if it was 60 Minutes or, or, or another uh, a current affairs type story, but it was a few years ago uh, with all the sheep on the ship going to the Middle East and uh, how they were That's treated. Right. It, it was horrible. It was really sad. Now, let's have a look at this. Uh, behind the scenes, uh, Peter meets with fashion designers and retailers uh, seeking like mock croc, uh, fake snake, faux mohair, bamboo silk, and leather manufactured from grapes, mushrooms, pineapple, and cork. How about that? Alternatives that sacrifice neither quality nor the bottom line. Now, that is amazing. Can you imagine 10 years ago (laughs) sitting here talking about leather being made of that? No, it's quite insane, really, to think about. I used to go to Milan. I've been going to Milan for work for years. And back in the, the 90s and in the aughts, I would often end up in jail from disrupting fashion shows and, and doing these Peter protests about fur. But as we got to know some of those targets, now I go to Milan and they have me in their showrooms to bring samples from all over the world of all these products to replace their animal products. Uh, and they, Armani, for instance, now has a team of people just to look at all of the vegan fabrics. Um, uh, you know, cork comes from a cork tree. They actually propagate the growth of forests. They just shave the outer uh, skin of the cork tree for cork, uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to leather, for which they chop down Amazon rainforest to create cheap grazing land for cows for the leather trade. There's just so many more sensible options now, and it's it's um it's thrilling to work with these exact same brands yeah. that we used to be at odds with over fur. Uh, it's, a, it's an absolute uh, 360, isn't it? Now, uh, talking about yeah. the, the stable of these big guns, we're talking Stella McCartney, uh, as you mentioned, uh, Giorgio Armani, uh, Michael Kors, Versace, Prada, yeah. uh, along That's with right. Tommy Hilfinger, uh, all expanding their use of vegan fabrics. Boy, what a win. Have you celebrated yet? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, 
We uh, we certainly are. I mean, every time uh, I think this is the first fashion week where we haven't had to to do some major offensive against what's going on, and instead are looking to promote the many alternatives. I mean, yeah. we still have our side which exposes cruelty. We still raise people's hackles, and we have unseemly things to show people that happens to animals. But uh, at this point in time, things are really really changing, and there's now a new generation that has grown up with PETA in the foreground. Yeah. And they don't think there's anything out of the ordinary in caring yeah. about animals when when it comes to figuring out what to wear and what to eat. Well, uh, yeah, and, and, I mean, you do an amazing job. But go back to the early days. I mean, celebrity anecdotes from the decades of rather-go-naked campaigns. You know, these included uh, bigwigs like uh, Pamela Anderson, Pink, Gillian Anderson, the Go-Go's, and, of course, Wendy Williams. Now, I want to ask you this out of left field, though, Dan, is a, because now you've had to really work hard on changing Peter's image, yet for doing a good cause. But as a matter of interest, how did you feel when Peter was accused of, say, dumping paint on mainly celebrities, on their furs, uh, you know, apparently your message was great, but, you know, that was really the hard start Uh of it all, wasn't it, you know? Yeah, well, I don't know who, I mean, I know there's a lot of people who certainly painted fur coats. Whether they're Peter members or not, I have no idea. Uh, It's nothing that we advocated as an official uh, campaign aspect of our efforts. We were... We certainly disrupted fashion shows and done all sorts of colorful protests. But um, the, the Paint Panthers, I know that was a, a separate group that would go around and target birds like that. And I don't have any personal problem with it, but it was never a part of our main plan. No, I, I didn't think it was. I just wanted to hear uh, your opinion on the matter. Because let's go now 20 years later. Sure. Look what you're doing. Look at the good work. And now it's really like you've had to take a different uh, road. You, you're more or less doing investigative journalism, aren't you? Yes, yes, it's true. And I think, uh, you know, social media, though it has a lot of it, a lot of pitfalls, has been a boom for PETA because we've been able to get information out to the masses in a way that we weren't always able to do through the media before. Some right. of the stuff is upsetting and they would decide it was not something that people should see while having dinner on the evening news. Yeah. Now we have uh, people like uh, even Martha Stewart hosted one of our exposés on fur <laughs> as a former fur wearer herself right. to show people how it's not the thing to wear anymore. Well, there you go. Vegan fashion is taking over the industry. And just like uh, vegan meat uh, alternatives, they're infiltrating fast food. That's right. A different generation moving on. Well, uh, Senior Vice President Dan Matthews, ladies and gentlemen, from Peter, the irreverent force behind many of the colorful crusades carried out by the organization, including the three-decade rather go naked than wear fur. I mean, I even knew of that in Australia. You understand? <laughs> and yes. It's worldwide. And, uh, you know, you're working directly now with the big guns and everything. You're doing a terrific job, mate. Keep it up. And uh, we wish you all the very, very best. And I bet I tell you what, there's a lot of animals worldwide who thank you as well. Well, thank you so much for having us. All right. Take care now. Goodbye. So, Peter, the Senior Vice President, uh, Dan Matthews, very interesting. And they've come a long way. And I bet a lot of you uh, remember a lot of the stuff we talked about there going back. But look at the good work that they've done. This is The Mark Bishop Show. I look forward to another episode with you. 